1: Sweet Country, which stars Sam Neill, Brian Brown, and newcomer Hamilton Morris, is an Australian western set in Northern Territory Frontier in the 1920s. The film was a story about justice being put on trial when an aged aboriginal foreman shoots a white man in self-defense. Then, the man is forced to run as a posse gathers to hunt him down. In this interview, director Warwick Thornton talks about his award-winning film, the importance of playing with time in movies, how to engage and disengage an audience, and the importance of removing music to highlight the landscape and tone.
0: I grew up in a little small town called Alice Springs in Central Australia, where we shot sweet um, country. Um, very small town, uh, very sort of cycly, you know, you sort of... You're born, you live, you work, you die. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's sort of uh, for me as a as a young, you know, it's very small town. You know, back then it was about fifteen thousand people. A lot of my friends were amazing sports people, and they, you know, they 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 could do amazing things with balls, and they're all sort of waiting for the draft into whether it was football or you know um, cricket or whatever. And I was terrible with balls. I was quite dyslexic, so that wasn't an option for me. To um, yeah, you know. and I don't know. The, the, I actually was, I, I started as a DJ, a radio DJ, um, doing shows on the local sort of community radio station. And they started a video unit. And then when they started the video unit, I, I started watching the the camera crew go off, drive off into the sunset, and come back with the amazing stories of places they've gone, people they've met, and all that kind of stuff, fish they caught, and you know all that kind of stuff. I want to do that. I want to get the hell out of this town. That's the perfect way to get out of the town. So it wasn't this sort of romantic idea of, you know, I wasn't born in a VHS store or, you know, watched a movie and said, I want to do that. It was more about escapism. Strangely, the reality of escapism, rather than, you know, you go to the movie to escape your existence um, and watch, you know, look look through a a door or, or a window of, a world that you probably didn't have access to, that kind of idea of escapism. It was much more the the reality of escapism
1: than trying to just get the hell out of the little town I was in. So how did you come across this script? How did you get involved with this story for Sweet Country?
0: Um, A good friend of mine
1: wrote it. Um, This is the first time
0: I've directed something that I haven't written. And um, he's a good friend of mine, so I was a bit wary of the script because if it was terrible... I'd have to tell him it was shit and that kind of well, um, oh, you know, good friends, you very wary about um, getting yourself in that position. So I was sort of putting myself off from reading it for a while, but I went I damned old read it. And when I read it, it was fantastic. and you know I, it's 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 based uh, in the the country that I was born in. It's based about the people that I actually am, you know, Aboriginal from Central Australia. And it tells a story that actually hasn't been told before. So, I think there are four good reasons
1: to actually make it. I guess, or become a part of it. There's some some interesting, I guess, as an American viewer, some interesting aspects where there's like it looks like it's either a flashback or a flash forward. Some little scenes kind of within the scene, especially it starts off in the first conversation. Can you kind of elaborate on this uh, storytelling technique? Was this in a screenplay or did it happen later in the editing process?
0: No, it happened It happened actually on set. I was searching, but none of that's in the script. I was searching for something more to create shades of um, grey rather than that classic idea of black and white, good versus evil kind of concept. It, you know, humanity's shades of grey. It's not actually bad people are good, good people are bad. And I was looking for some kind of way of, it, 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 an internal monologue of the character in a way and their fears of the future and the realities of their past. So when we're on set, I decided, you know, I kind of came up with it the, the week before we started shooting and I talked to the first AD and the producers and said, this is where this is what I'm up to so we need to work tight and because there's all these other scenes I want to shoot but I'll just, I'll just make up, you know, depending on my emotion on the day how I felt that character should feel. So, and then we'd sort of we might shoot them a day or two later, but they they came they came actually while we were shooting, just looking for that idea of looking inside someone's brain and understanding the fears, you know, humanising characters, bad people, trying to humanise them by, you know, looking at why they're being that way and whether it's their fear of their future or the reality of the past, all that sort of stuff, just playing with those ideas and playing with time because, you know, we always call it, you know, the Western, the, the the deserts are timeless and all that kind of stuff. And if you think of it that way, well, you know, it does have a future
1: and it does have a past. The landscape has and, and characters have. So American films have a lot of cuts, but it seems like every scene in this in this film, a lot of them are shorter, but they're like more powerful. Um, what were you looking for in those scenes to, to have to keep the script so tight and the movie so tight together like that?
0: Well, you know, you, you, you know, there is an energy level. It is. See, part, of, part of that idea of the flash forwards and the flashbacks is, is, is part of that, you know. This, this is a slow burn of a film in a sense, but it has a lot of information that needs to get across. And I'm not, you know, it's it's kind of the idea of sort of the attention span as an audience member is is incredibly important. And you can be this whole auteur and have longer shots or all that kind of stuff, but you still need to actually remember your audience and they're, they're kind of who they are and and what they need at certain points in the arc of the, of the film. And so just keeping a really close eye on those nuances and the amount of information that you're giving in a scene or the lack of information you're giving in a scene, because sometimes you want a scene to have no information so that you start... Um, creating a dialogue with the audience and the audience is starting to ask questions. That's really, that's just important that the audience doesn't know what's happening if it is that the audience does know what's happening. And then there's all the realities of what a character should do and what a character shouldn't do, but based on who they are and whether they're good or evil or that shade of grace, all of that stuff has to be incredibly managed as, you know, as a director. You have to keep an eye on all of that stuff. And, you know, so that's that's one of the proud moments is just... You know, kind of trying to engage, engage and disengage an audience is, is just as important as,
1: far as I'm concerned. What were some of those like first reactions when you when you showed this to people? Like, I, I mean, I, I would imagine as a storyteller, you'd be hesitant to show a little clip that impl- implicates someone's going to die, but at the same time, there's also a mystery as to how that might happen. Can you ta- kind of talk about your first responses to that?
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think people were very wary of, you know, when I was talking about the ideas so that I wanted to the film. They were very wary, you know, of what I was trying to explain. But then suddenly when you show it to them, they, they, you know, they understand. So it's, it's kind of like, you're, you're sort of like, I kind of didn't explain much about what I was up to while making it because I think it would have scared people. But then, when I put the whole film together, I was very—I—I I I knew that I—that that it had worked. So, then I was very, very, very happy to show anybody. I didn't care. <laughs> it is what it is in a strange way, and as long as I'm proud of it, um, I'll show it to anybody.
1: You know, as far as um, people who either worked on it
0: or paid for it
1: or you know helped develop it. So the story starts with a pot bowling, and we kind of overhear what sounds like a fight. Uh, later in the film, there's also, I don't want to give anything away, but there's also some tension in a scene where a guy is closing the windows and the room goes dark. Can you kind of just talk about uh, possibly the importance of the, the having the violence off camera to some degree?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 it's a sense of place. You know, it's pretty well the opening, opening shot sequence of the film, that pot boiling. But, you know, the, the metaphor of that is pretty basic. It's sort of like, you know, it's a melting pot boiling water, black tea goes in, white sugar goes in, so we're all together, black and white in a strange way. You know what I mean? And we create this shade of of it's not black and it's not white. You know what I mean? It's, sort of, it's a tea, tea colour, you know what I mean? So that's who we are as humans in a way. So, But it's the idea of hot, tempered, um, overflowing, you know, is the violence going to boil over? All that sort of stuff is played through with that one simple shot. in And for me, that's a sense of, place and a sense of style because it's a long shot, it's got a bad cut in it, or like a jump cut. So it's when you watch that scene, you go, okay, I'm not going to watch a normal film, film, I don't think, you know. It doesn't open with a mountain range and a you know, helicopter shot or a drone shot or a mountain range and, you know, a cowboy rides over the hill, you know, and opens with this other weirder thing, sort of internal ma- macro shot of boiling water. So it's all sense of place, it's all sense of style, it's to create... To give audiences, in a way, uh, a comfortability that they're actually watching something that's going to be different to normal way to make a Western.
1: One website, I think it was maybe news.com for Australia, just talked about the setting. They described it as plenty of room to run around the outback, but no place to hide. Can you kind of talk about the setting in terms of a storytelling device and as well as in terms of your uh, cinematography?
0: Well, you know, the, the, the landscape, is, you know, is, is a character in all of our lives. You know, whether it's our, our house, if it, in a strange way, as a character, we create that. We create what we choose. After. What the furniture we cruise, you know, if we live in a flat in a high-rise building, the choice of furniture, the choice of artwork, the choice of um, pillows, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's all creating this landscape, and it, it becomes a character in a sense. And it's it's the character of, 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 of the, the colonizer, as in the owner or the, the occupier. And I'm interested in those ideas, you know, so I wanted that landscape to actually be a character. And for the last 40,000 years, the owner or occupier has not been Indigenous people. So it does have this sort of wild concept. And in a strange way, it looks lawless, you know, but it's not actually lawless because it's had had law and concept for 40,000 years. But then suddenly someone else has come in, which is the British... Or you know and they've created they're trying to change that landscape and try and change that character to suit their law which is a different law and i i find that kind of that thats sort of really really intriguing so through cinematography and through the sound you know but trying to create that character that landscape the desert as' a, as a voice and as something that has been you know sort of do you live with the land, or do you change the land to suit you? You know what I mean. It's that that kind of idea? And you know, through through the through the sound, you know, not having a score. There's no music in the film that was really important to me, because then we could listen to the the actual landscape rather than the hundred violins or the 9 on the string guitar with the trumpets. We didn't. We 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 omitted that right from the beginning. You know, I knew I knew we were, we weren't going to use any music in the film when I read it for the first time I was like, no music in this film I think that's going to be really important to give that the landscape of voice and that kind of, so that that's important, you know it's just really important, really clear and I think that helps create a unique version of, of you know a, 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 new, a, 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 a for me personally not in the ego kind of aughty way but it, for me it created a much more unique voice to you know the idea of the western, which is which is as a genre, can be you know sort of framed in in a way. You can just make a normal western. I didn't want to make a normal western. I wanted to make something that was more more spiritually and culturally connected to the indigenous concepts and the, the indigenous point of view of that time
1: and that period. I think it also helped. I really liked that you had with those foreshadowing shots. The 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 background was from the actual scene, so you kind of knew that it was something different. Uh, especially in the beginning you can still hear the outback and the noise there as well
0: yeah absolutely you know the the wind the wind is is a voice you know what I mean it's you know it's kind of in a strange way you know if you want to get all sort of weird about it you know the wind in a strange way is the future but it's the past you know it's it's come from somewhere so it's been somewhere but it's actually you know it's coming to you now and and it's going to go somewhere else you know the wind has a voice a strange voice like that and it's it, how that, the, the sound it makes when it goes through some through leaves or or through grass or across sand It's it, it's all very different and you know it has different voices and it, you know, I, I wanted to hear
1: that is what I'm saying. there's a reference to the title in the film, but where where does the title come from for those unfamiliar with that that term or that phrase?
0: well it's' yeah, it's, it's a weird one uh, it's see that 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 originally was never in the film. the actual title you know there's a reference to it. In the film, and it actually wasn't originally in the script. I kind of changed it on the day when I when I when we did that scene with Brian when he comes back from um, from the posse. Brian Brown's character, Fletcher, comes back from you know being in the posse and him seeing that country out there and going, you know, it's a really beautiful, sweet country out there. And the idea is, you know, it's, 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 it's actually a reference to water because really good water when you talk to Indigenous Aboriginal people, it's sweet water. The water tastes sweet. that it means it's great water, and that means that the country's really healthy. If the water's healthy, the country's healthy. You know, the landscape, the, the desert is healthy, if the water's good. Um, but the real reference, but that's, it's not in the film, it's, is that Philomac, who who is actually a real person in real life, whose, whose, whose story is basically loosely based on, used to call the watermen on patch sweet country. So that's where it originally came from, but we changed it to to give it to empower Brian Brown, you know, the white um, sergeant in the film, to empower him a little bit more about sweet country. But it originally came from the idea of the watermelon patch. Indigenous people called the watermelon patch the sweet country.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter. Where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook, How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.